All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Positive Friday rolling through on the Gregor Show and Sports 1440 Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, as always, we appreciate you uh, joining us. You make your way home. Uh, drive safe. It, of course, is chilly. This is a, you don't want a fender bender now, man. It just cracks all over. It'll be brutal. So it'll be stuck in traffic, so give some extra space. Just crank up the uh, crank up the show, if you like. If you're watching at home in your office, be excited that you're home. It's warm. Maybe you've got your slippers on, possibly. Just enjoying life right now, looking outside. Because it looks great. You know, the frost is in the air and the trees. It's really nice. And then you step outside, you deceiving bastard. So, yes, it's uh, better to stay inside, like my dog. Um, who uh, probably had a record today in uh, how quick she ran out the door to the lawn, washroom, back in. Like, oof. It's like she was changing a tire. F1, man. Unbelievable pit stop for her today. I was dying. I wish I would have, t- I wish I would have videoed it. I was laughing so hard. I'd never seen like, <laughs> Normally she'd get out there, you know, dog, she's sniffing everything, taking her sweet old time as they should be. But uh, not today. Not today. No idiot there. We uh, welcome in the studio. One of the uh, founders of Oilers Nation, of course, he's a he's a big Jordan Eberle fan. Monye Gratz joins us. Monye, how you doing? Those are heady times. I too go to the bathroom exclusively in the yard, Gregor. And I'll tell you, this morning it was a quick one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was out there in my bathrobe. And I was yeah. back inside. It's quick. Yeah, one of the few guys who still likes the uh, porta potty in their backyard. I know you. You know you like your you nature's th- way. Like to think you're a camper, but yep. it's an odd thing. Nope, nature's right? way. It's odd. It's odd, but good for you. Good for you. Um, uh, I, I do want to talk about it because um, 
You know, he, he was a big part of uh, Orders Nation getting off uh, off the ground in the early days. Of course, we lost Robin Brown yesterday to an unexpected uh, heart attack early in the morning. And, uh, of course, our deepest condolences to uh, Anna Lynn and Sam and Michael and all his friends and family and listeners who had gotten to, felt like they got to know him over the years. Uh, kind of take us back to your first interactions uh, with Rubes. Oh, boy. Well, first of all, my heart goes out to everybody, right? This is a very, very tough day. My heart goes out to you, JG. We watch the show at work, and when I got news of John Short in the morning, I thought of you, right? And we'll talk about John a little bit later on the show. And then to have that horrible news, and then have to go on the radio. My God, you're a professional. I would have kicked it back to the oldies station for four hours, and (laughs) you went on the air, and I thought, gee, Louise. My... uh, my introduction to Robin Brownlee was epic because, like everything for your old pal Wanye, it was life or death, right? And we started up Oilers Nation, and nobody wanted to write for our website. And we approached what I thought was the entire oil logosphere offering paying work, and uh, no one emailed us back. So we had to regroup. So we sat down and we said, who are the list of dream people we could get, real reporters, at the top of our list was a guy who we won't name, but he's sitting in across from me with a grown-out head of hair. And the number two guy we wanted was Brownlee, because by my estimation, Robin Brownlee was the best sports writer that we had in Edmonton. I used to cut out Robin Brownlee articles from the newspaper as a kid and put them in a shoebox and open it up and read them and get mad. It was like early social media. I had a shoebox of articles about the Oilers that enraged me. And I would go and I would read them from time to time. And early Brownlee with his poofy hair, I can remember him just carving the team. And me being like, although these are very well written, I take umbrage with the fact he claims the 1994 Oilers aren't awesome. And they are awesome. And you're wrong, Robin Brownlee. So I got in touch with Robin, and I'm going to pitch him to come work for Oilers Nation. And I take him for lunch to where all ballers meet, Earl's. And I'll never forget, I showed up late, and he showed up later, and he pulled into the parking lot in an Escalade on rims. And oh, he lo- loved his vehicle, oh, man. He was a car guy. <laughs> on rims and hopped out, like, ready for war and came in for lunch wearing his sunglasses the entire time. But and you I, knew I wore glasses too, right? You probably didn't know it at the time. But the, the he bright lights really bothered him, so he had to wear shades. I thought he was just cool. Yeah. The, to me, Escalade rims, sunglasses, Robin Brownlee. Like my <laughs> di- my first day on the job at Oilers Nation, I'd already ascended to the top of the media landscape on Earth, right? And I pitched him like, "Do you want to come?" And we're you know we're young guys, and we got this idea. We really love. And I had nothing to pitch at the time. There was no success. Yeah. And he was, like, mildly impressed we'd managed to put a website on the Internet. But beyond that, there was nothing. And I remember just being like, you're as good as they get, man. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have the juice. Did he ever tell you he had the juice, Gregor? <laughs> he told me, I have the juice, you know, this, the juice in this town to get things going. And if I come to your website, it's going to work. So at the time, I was working for a utility in town, right? And we didn't have funding or anything. We didn't have any revenue or anything. So more than half my paychecks every month went to pay Robin Brownlee. And I'll never forget that first year, my accountant trying to file my taxes saying, why on earth, Wanye, are you sending all your money to this guy every month? Like, what's the matter with you? It's like a lion's share of how much money you earn at your utility job. And I remember saying to him, like, well, that's Robin Brownlee. And like, we just started up an Oilers website and... Well, he's the best there is, and I'd give him my whole paycheck if I could, because blah, blah, blah. And my accountant looked at me like I had a microwave tower near my bedroom, and I'd mutated. He just couldn't even fathom. 
And then fast forward a little bit further when we pitched you, Gregor, I remember meeting you at Century Grill and we're pitching you and you're not having any of it. You're not believing a word we say. You don't believe in the internet. Social media. Oh, did- no, that's a no, no. Social media didn't exist yet. Social media didn't exist. That's right. You're like, I think I went on Yahoo once for 10 minutes. It was a fad. And when we said Robin Brownlee writes for us, you'd like triple taked and looked at us and you agreed. And it was like, if Brownlee was willing to go on this site and put his name and crustiness behind it, it was good enough for Gregor. And I remember just being like, thank goodness we had Robin Brownlee to say to Gregor, don't beat us up. You can come work with Brownlee. And then you bit. And if it isn't for Brownlee, I honestly don't know if you would have joined, in my mind. And if you and Brownlee hadn't joined, there is no Oilers Nation. And I was trying to explain this yesterday at the office to all the kids at work, right? Because they knew Brownlee, but they didn't know that he got involved so early on. And I was like, wasn't for Robin Brownlee, you wouldn't be sitting here eating a pastry from the bakery down below. I assure you, it would still be me in my basement as the only writer of the website. It's true. Um, that was looking back. It was one of my best decisions in my life when I uh, my counter proposal pitch was to say, "Can I buy in?" I was like, "I." Yes, I'd yeah. never in my life imagined. Worked out. Worked so out. That's why, that's why I say I might have made you believe I didn't believe in it, but obviously I believed in it enough to want to purchase into it. Well, we were at Century Grill, and that's where the real Southside ballers go. Yeah, if that's you're in the true. West Back End, you go to Earl's. Day, baby. That's when I, you know, anytime you had a big uh, car race in town, all of the, the Saturday party was at, uh, was at Century Grill there on uh, Calgary Trail. I think it's like a buffet place. I think it is a buffet. It's yeah. a different time. I yeah. remember before we went to that meeting, Jay was supposed to drive, and he, or my business partner, Jay Downton, and he had the good car. And I had the bad car. And for some reason, I ended up having to drive. And I remember as we pulled in Century Grill, I'm like, we got to park far away. I can't let Gregor see us pull up in this car and pitch him on our website. Jay was like, yeah, it's probably for the best. And we parked like way over by the Red Lobster. Yeah. Well, you, the thing is, uh, had you know me, you knew me. I'm not a car guy. I didn't guy. know you. I yeah, didn't know. Not, not a car guy, right? Uh, except my Volvo now. It's probably the first vehicle where I'm just like, you know what? I really like this I remember guy. when I first met you, you drove a vehicle with the side of your face on it. And I think you were quite partial to that part of the no, vehicle. Th- yeah. That was one. Thank God that was only a three month one with uh, with Kia because that was the worst. Like that was, you know, in the early days of starting my show and my company, we had uh, well the the first one we had our the name on it was all in like um, different. Co- it looked terrible. Like it was so funny looking back. And I have some of the pictures of those. And like the first one was I don't even know who I got. To, it must have been like amateur hour. I don't know. Some place was doing it for free, and I was like, okay, sure. And, um, like the logos, it was just wording on there. It looked awful. And, uh, then, you know, as it got better, um, uh, Rick downtown, uh, did it at his place. And so it was the Jason Gray shows. Yeah. Yeah. We should put your picture on, you know, we should put a picture of you on. It stands out more. And I was like, nah, I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. Cause then you're driving around. Everybody knows it's you, you know? So, you know, definitely, well, not that I flipped the bird a lot, but I definitely couldn't then. Right. And now you have to be on your p's and q's all the time and so but the worst part was my friends like they were all over it all the time so thankfully that one with my actual picture on it only lasted i think maybe four months there's been three times in my life knowing you gregor where i've been really impressed one was when i saw you on white mud drive by um snow valley driving in a car with your picture on the side i saw it it impressed me i was like damn that's a big head on the side of that big car the second time was when you had the lrt station at the old arena with your uh, mural on it 
Remember that? Up coming up the stairs? Oh yeah, that's TSN, yeah. That was awesome. That was unbelievable. Yeah. And the third time was the time I went to the pint and at about fifteen vodka sodas in, I went to go to the bathroom and there was an ad with you sitting on a horse with Taylor Hall saying your show sucked or it was great. I can't remember which one. Yeah, it was him and Pronger. That was that's when we remember um was it Cavalier? came in, remember? And they had, they did this huge promotion about these white stallions. They were everywhere, those Everywhere. Ads. And so, when it was left, then we did a spoof on it. And uh, Curtis Como did the photo, shall we? And, and I, you know what, uh, we did that down at, um, at Fox Drive, you know, there's the, uh, the equestrian place there. My apologies. I forget the name of it right now. And so I called them up and said, Hey, and you know, like I'm a farm guy. I could have done it, but I said, I need a, do you have a white, like, horse? And like, well, as a matter of fact, we do. And so I explained what we were doing for it. And, you know, we gave him lots of props on air at the time. And, uh, you know what? That, I still have people that come up to me that was like, that was probably the funniest thing. Cause I got Chris Pronger, you know, like I made up a Chris Pronger quote. Like I called him and said, Hey, do you mind? I'm going to do this. He's like, yeah, I don't care. Right. And, uh, because Chris Pronger at the time, you know, for him to make somewhat of a snarky remark would have been very believable. Yeah. So that's what we did. And, uh, and then we had one with Hall and obviously Hall was, you know, good friend of mine. So, uh, he had no problem with it. And, um, that was one that, uh, I still have pictures of that one. That's of, I'm not a big marketing guy, but that one made me laugh. I thought it was quite funny. I've always wanted to come up with something similar, but I haven't been able to find anything that I like. Well, in that moment, standing in the pint, I was like, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he got so big that he was able to put an ad in the bathroom of an Edmonton nightclub. I was impressed down to my socks. I like it. Um, going back to, uh, to Bronte. And, uh, so we had, uh, Bag Milk told me 2010 articles Robin wrote for the Is nation. that right? 2010 wow. articles. Um, his, uh, he, uh, you know, he was always, you know, retweeting. He had re- his last, uh, tweet on Twitter was a, a retweet of, uh, Kevin Karras's, uh, morning show lineup. Um, it's very eerie in a way, but, uh, he, he had a pin tweet that was him responding to John Short. I know. Right. And, uh, I thought that was kind of neat in a way. And both him and John, uh, passed on the, on the same day. And, uh, it, w- it was a tweet that was quite funny, uh, from, uh, <laughs> from Brownlee talking about how, how the fans, uh, it, it's not that the, uh, it, it wasn't one year of losing because he, he had tweeted this back in, uh, in 2008. I have it actually says, John, fan discontent is based on more than one game. It's 11 of the last 12 years. It's like when your wife kills you in your sleep for leaving the toilet seat up. The last time is the trigger, but it's the previous 10 years of her falling into the bowl that gets you dead. <laughs> That's his pin tweet. Oh God, it made me laugh. So uh, that's anytime I'll be, uh, you know, need to laugh about Rubes. That's uh, uh, you know, and the other thing I always liked about it, you know, he had his post at Reddit Orders Nation was on uh, Sports fourteen forty, and then it was just Sam's dad. Yeah. yeah, and they're same byline, right? Like yeah. work for the journal, work for the Sun, Sam's dad. The articles that he wrote, you mentioned them in your the lovely article that you wrote, but. For such a gruff guy to be such a tender dad, yes. I remember really threw me for a loop at the time. Right. And, and Sam being the good folks at the Stollery and, and the, 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 the tribulations that they went through, we can all identify with, with babies. Um, Robin was such a good dad, but like such a nice dad. And yet for the rest of us, he was always so mean. Early on, I found that, see, I knew Robin before he had, uh, before he got married and had kids. Well, he'd be married once before actually to Joanna Ireland. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, I saw a big, a big change in Robin. He even talked about it when, 
they spent those first few months in the hospital with Sam. It uh, it was like a real big awakening for Robin. Like I think he let go of a lot of the anger he had. I remember him and I having a conversation about it, and and he had he had reasons to be to be angry at times in his life because of what had happened. You know, his father had abandoned him, and that's something that really emotionally stings. And there's some listeners out there, and you know, Robin talked about it. He said, "Man, you know, had I known that, you know then what I knew now, you know, I probably would have went and talked to people about it firsthand because you have a lot of anger pent up, and you don't even know what it's coming from, right? And a lot of it stemmed from that, and. Um, you know, for him, thankfully, I've always, the thing I was most proud of him was that he, you know, you can break the cycle, right? It's like, you know, sometimes maybe a father's abusive to you doesn't mean, you know, the, the men who stop that and aren't abusive to their kids, that's unbelievable. That is so powerful to do something like that. And, you know, that's what Robin did. And after he had Sam, he was, I, I thought he was a very different, very different man. And, uh, you know, with Annalyn and, and with Michael, it was, it was just different. And in, in a good way, you know what? Uh, you can always change and evolve. And it was amazing reading so many stories online from people who, uh, you know, I'd, I'd written in my article about how Robin never texts me. He just sent me a DM on Twitter all the time. That was his thing. But he, he sent, and his was normally just like one or two lines to me. It was fine. But there were some people out there that, um, you know, had, had said, I, I wrote and I read, excuse me. Lots of comments they had about how Robin would reach out to them and just really offer words of encouragement to, you know, they're going through a hard time. It's, you know, remember you're worth it and stuff. And like, it was real people I didn't even know. And, um, you know, like good on him. Like, and he did that just out of the goodness of his heart. He doesn't tell anybody about it. Right. And, um, that's how you make an impact in people's lives and you make a really good impact in people's lives, even when you're gone. And I always say that, like, when someone misses you when you're gone, that's, you know, obviously you're not around to know, but it's a great legacy to leave for your children and your wife to know that when you were here, you made a difference so that when you're gone, lots of people, like, they yearn to hear you again. They they want to get that message from you on Twitter that just says, hey, great job, or, you know, keep your head above water, keep going, you're worth it. And that's a really, you know what? I, I didn't really know he did that. It's, it's been really to me, it's, it sounds odd, but, and I've always talked about this. Um, I think one thing in our society that all of us are bad at is we wait too long to tell the people what a positive impact they make in their life. And uh, for my mom's 75th birthday, cause I'd read about having like what's called a live wake. And so we had all the grandkids and, and her kids and, and, and for her 75th birthday. And, you know, I think we got her a gift or something, but I said, mom, and I told everybody in advance and we went around the room and they had a pre-plan on what they were going to say about what grandma meant to them. And it was pretty powerful for my, for my mom to sit there and, you know, now my son at the time was five. So he had like a 20 second little thing, right? But it's genuine and it's meaningful. And as it went around the room, you could just see it like, and it's hard when you're 17 and, uh, you know, to try, like, it's hard for people to tell someone, like, you can look at your spouse, your girlfriend, or your kids, and especially your kids, it's easy to say, oh, I love you. But to really have to utter why and explain why it is and what it meant, and it was, it was interesting even for me, because you don't know sometimes how your, how your loved ones think about someone else, and to have them explain how, you know, coming out to grandma's, like, uh, you know, her, uh, Liam, my eldest uh, nephew, at the time he would have been, what, 23, I think, and just talk about how, 
Grandma's place was just a very calm. He looked forward to it. He came. She always made pancakes, which of course everybody loves grandma and grandpa because you usually go there. You get to spoil his kid. It's great. But and and how was I when he was going through a tough time in university or whatever? He would just come out to grandma's, and my mom was very educated, and so she could talk him through things and different stuff like that. And and all the kids kind of had a different story. And and from I think my mom she said afterwards she's like oh my like she was really taken aback at at what it meant her because you think you're doing a good job sometimes but you don't really know the impact you make and, and i can tell anybody out there if there were, if you think about it oh geez my parents i got everything do that and that will give them the best gift you can ever give them and you know what because then if anything happens you can say well guess what they knew how i felt in the hip-hop world where i'm from gregor we call it giving them their flowers while they're still around giving them, give their them their flowers. flowers oh in the hip-hop world the, where oh, i'm see. from okay yes the world yes. of hip-hop uh-huh. where i'm from okay. you see yeah you give them their flowers and i think you're right like you should be giving each other their fl- people their flowers yes. when they're still around so that they know that's amazing that you did that you're always ahead of the curve aren't you gregor well, i don't know about that i'd read about it so i can re- i read lots so i got the it's not wasn't my idea i don't want to take credit for it so don't be inviting me to no live wake <laughs> with a bloody coffin at the front freak me out <laughs> well, Big I died and accidentally there's, went to yeah, my own there, funeral. There's no coffin there. That would be, that'd be, yeah. But, hey, mom, can you just, photo. just sit in the coffin here? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just pretend that you're dead. It's a live can wake. You, can you just lay the, God, that'd have been funny, actually. No, it's not funny. It's, it's kind of funny. Fate. It's kind of funny. I give one, hey, anybody, any woodsmiths out there, can you make like a, just a makeshift coffin just so we can prop some pillows in? Put a beanbag chair I'm in not there? getting into that. No <laughs> chance. Uh, don't worry. We don't have a lid. We don't have a lid. Just sit in it. We're gonna we're gonna talk. Just close your eyes and lay down and think. This is what we would say if you were dead. But we're gonna say it to you now live. It's and then you fall asleep a, in your own coffin at your yeah. living wake. You're yeah. as close to dead as you'll ever be in yeah. your life. You've taken this a really weird turn. I'm not I'm not against it. It's just a very weird turn. Uh, when we come back, Craig Button uh, will join us. Uh, order fans, you could be talking about their flowers right now because they're blooming. Next on the Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. We return on a pause of Friday. Sports 1440 Orders Nation YouTube. Jason Gregor. Wanye Gretzk with you as it's time for our big guest of the day brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. Exciting AJHL action. You can always get your tickets at sprucegrovesaints.ca as we are now uh, over two-thirds of the way through the AJHL season and the uh, playoff race is heating up. And you know what? Uh, You got the Saints and the Crusaders, Connor Halley. Big game coming up. Get your tickets at sprucegrovesaints.ca. As we uh, welcome to the program, Craig Button, former NHL GM and scout, ace analyst and scout for TSN, joins us. Butts, how you doing? I am really, really good, and I hope the same for you. I was listening to the uh, uh, discussion on Robin Brownlee, and I I know that's a gut punch. And, you know, you wrote a a fantastic article to hear the different stories about Robin. As I I tagged on to you yesterday, just just always – Always enjoyed my interactions with Robin. Really sad to hear that news. Yeah, it was a very sad. Uh, Robin, big loss for our community and our show. And, you know, John Short was a real legend for many, many years covering uh, yep. sports at all levels. It was great. Um, Greg, you and John would, uh, you know, because uh, you cover the NHL's passion. He's a cover, uh, you know, junior. And I think that's what I always respected about John, right? You, you give it the same level of respect, right? It's young guys trying to do their best. And you just had your your most recent uh, rankings come out. And I saw you on Twitter explaining that, hey, you know what? The, the rankings today, you know, some people are like, oh, why don't you have this guy here? And I liked your explanation like hey if i don't have a full analysis on a guy i'm not just going to plop him in because that's what the public wants 
Well, I mean, I, I, I think that that's the right way to do it. It's the way that I'm comfortable doing it. And I know that people, you know, look and go, oh, geez, how come he doesn't have that player there? And I, I'm working towards it. I'm working towards to try to bring notoriety to the players, try to feel comfortable in my assessment so that when I do do it, that I have a level of confidence. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to agree with it, but I, I need to have a level of confidence. And I used an example from last year. It's not the only example I could use, but certainly – you know, I, I know how how much these players work uh, to try to achieve their their dreams of playing in the NHL. And certainly, uh, you know, we have a platform at TSN, and I, I don't want to be negligent in any way, shape, or form. But and, and at the same time, I want the players to know, hey, hey, listen, it's nothing you 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 did or didn't do. I, I'm just still in the process of working towards that that comfort level of saying, hey, yeah, here's where I think uh, it, it, you fit. And, you know, I want to make sure that I explain that to mostly the players because the players are sacrificing a lot to try to move along towards their dreams. So you look, you know, and you just I I, want to because I can't remember. I'm pretty certain, but I don't want to put words in in your mouth, Craig. But, you know, your analysis from the World Juniors and, you know, because it's it's a short tournament. Right now, it is a lot of the best players. Now, some of them, you know, there's very few draft eligible players in the tournament. So that's why I'm always to tell people, I'm like, well, the World Juniors. I'm like, but the World Juniors doesn't really change the rankings a whole bunch because there's not that many guys because it's really an 18 and 19 year old tournament for the most part. It is absolutely that's what it is, and so I mean, you go last year and you watch Connor Bedard play, and he's like he's lights out brilliant, <laughs> and that's not a surprise. He he he's a generational player, so we shouldn't be surprised about that. But the the overwhelming majority, and you know, players not named Connor Bedard or Macklin Celebrini, Connor McDavid, you know, those are the players that uh, the the rest of the players are. It's hard. It, it's all. I just I've watched this tournament for years as you have Jason. Good players go to that tournament and they find out how hard it is. So now we're going to take players in their draft year and now we're going to oh he played good therefore he's good or he didn't play good therefore he's not good because the latter is more common than the aforementioned. <laughs> it's hard to go there. Top players at 19 years of age go there and have their own individual struggles. So I I, I don't look at it I, I look at it as just okay what have I gleaned from that tournament from the draft eligible players and what am I going to to do with that information to add on as I move forward. Now, Craig, it's uh, minus 37 here in Edmonton, and you and I are both members of the We Don't Wear Socks Club. And I just need you to know, one brother to another, I'm not wearing any socks today, even though it's minus 37. Thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I admire your uh, courage. I Thank admire you. your bravery. Uh, did you have to drive anywhere one day? I did indeed. So I did drive in without okay. any socks on. Okay. 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 Then that's then that's a different level of courage. The wind chill is is like near and minus fifty, and it it as we all know it's cold. And people go, what's the difference between minus forty and minus fifty? I don't know. They're both really cold. But uh, again, I, I in full. I went over to the Calgary Hitman game today at twelve noon here in Calgary. Spokane was in town. Uh, I did wear socks. You did wear socks. I, I did wear. I did wear socks. Uh, you know, I, I felt it was necessary. I. I how far did I you walk? You How far I was hope, the distance, I, though? I hope you don't look at me differently because I wore socks. Well, I think you walked a fair – was it a distance you had to walk outside? Like, was it a couple blocks? Yes. That's outrageous. Good thing you wore socks. Even even I have to draw the <laughs> line somewhere. I think that uh, when you look at 
Robin's contributions to our site. It shouldn't be overlooked that like he was the first real media, we'll say, to join Oilers Nation. And the level of faith he took in two weirdos that walked through. I wouldn't be sitting here today talking with uh, you and talking with Jason Greger, certainly had Robin not uh, believed in us. So I want to thank him uh, on our interview for everything he did for us. Yeah, yeah, and I think Wanye, one of the things with Robin is, is, and I think what made him, you know, special is that he wanted to engage with people. He didn't look at anybody as weird. He said, okay, what do you have to offer? And I want to hear what you have to say. And, you know, and then you could have a really good dialogue with him. And certainly, you know, the, those, those elements of, of, of respect of, Hey, I, I can get better by opening my mind to whoever I come across that, that to me was always Robin. And, you know, again, I, I, I I'm lucky I, over the years, many, many, many act, interactions, with Robin, but not only were they warm and not only were they uh, ones you, you said, geez, it's great to see you, Robin. You also left there knowing that, hey, you know what? Whether it be something you learned that was significant or something a little, you always left feeling that it, it was a good interaction and that you were better because of it. Greg Button joins us. Uh, Craig, we're at a time. The Winnipeg Jets are in first place in the National Hockey League coming up on a week. It's been the greatest week ever for Jets fans because they've never been the top of the NHL standings. Uh, they just had a franchise mark, a eighth consecutive win in a row. Seattle tied their franchise record last night, eighth consecutive win in a row. Edmonton tied their franchise record with their ninth consecutive win, going for 10 tomorrow. Florida's won nine in a row. Like there's four really hot teams and you know, you got, you got Vegas kind of struggling, although they did get a big win, uh, last night uh, we're really only at the halfway point of the season Craig and man there's a lot that's happened but the but the Edmonton orders have really rebounded put themselves back in the hunt they're only three points back of LA they're eight back of Vegas but they have four games in hand like the the race for for the Pacific Vancouver's got a little bit of a lead right now but the race in the Pacific looks like it's great and Edmonton's right back in it well, they are back in it. I, I, I felt that when they got rolling, okay, wild card, no doubt. I never doubted that they'd be a wild card team. Well, when you go 17 and three in your last uh, 20 games and you're playing as well as the Edmonton Oilers, you better set your sights higher. And I think that that's absolutely what they did. It was, it was interesting. You know, they, they go into Detroit yesterday and, you know, I, they're playing Calvin Pickard. And I said, well, if I'm Derek Lalonde, I, I'm going to tell my team before the game. Uh, you know what? Here's what they think of us. They they don't think that we're good enough to, to face their number one goaltender, Stuart Skinner. And then what do the orders go and do? Oh, boy. Like, I mean, it was a 3-2 uh, overtime win. It, it may as well have been 15-2. to Yes, <laughs> the Oilers, I mean, that was, that was, I mean, if you're the Detroit Red Wings, you're going, whew, we got a point out of that game? How did we do that? But boy, were the Oilers impressive in that one. And you know what I loved about it, too, just, you know, watching it. There was a lot of games on last night. I was doing some Winnipeg intermissions, and so watching a couple of screens, Edmonton just stayed with their game. They stayed. That's what they weren't doing when they were five, twelve, and one. They weren't. They were pressing. Now they're just here. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna win this game. It'll take. It might take us. It might take us overtime, but we're gonna win it, and we're gonna keep playing the same way. I think that's a really, really good, strong signal to how well the Oilers are playing. Yeah, and the other one is uh, McDavid's only been in on 40% of their goals during the uh, winning streak. And for top scorers, like 40% is 
kind of the norm, you know. Kucherov's at 49, but, you know, you look at Nylander right now in Toronto, and you look at Pasternak and McKinnon and Panarin, they're all 43. Uh, Pedersen is, I, I think, and uh, Miller at 37. Uh, you know, the Canucks are scoring a lot of goals right now. But, you know, in the, like McDavid's had years where he's 48%, 49%, 53%. Like the, to be at 41 on the season and 40 during the winning streak kind of shows to me that, A, the orders have, uh, have got more depth than ever before. And, B, the other thing, Craig, though, they figured out how to play defense. Like they don't – like you talked about Detroit game last night. They didn't give up a lot of chances. And Paul Coffey, what he's done to their back end and building their confidence and instructing them to make plays is is a massive change. The one I haven't seen from from a team midseason in quite some time and how they play defensively with the puck. Yeah, well, and and, and again, that defensive play, I, I think I really believe that defensive play is, is about a mindset and, and, and saying that you want to do it and you will do it and then understanding how to do it well. And, and, you point out about Paul making the uh, we're going to make plays, but we're not going to force plays, and and, and we're going to make plays that that are not going to put us in peril where we're chasing things, and, and now we're vulnerable defensively again. I'll go back to the to the first dozen and a half games where it just seemed that it, like the Oilers were chasing everything defensively. They get behind, and now they're gonna now they're gonna make sure they make up for it in one shift. And, and Paul has really settled things down back there. And when, when defensemen and, and forwards are connected and they understand, okay, listen, I'm just going to do this. There's no play there. Okay, we're just going to get on to the next play. I really see a, a rhythmic team with respect to, hey, we're, we're coming out of our zone like this. The defensemen pick up their head. They know where the forwards are. The forwards can expect the puck in a good spot. Nobody's chasing out of position. There's just a real strong steadiness to their overall defensive play. There's a commitment to it, and, and, and there's a really good discipline to it, but there's also a, a, a significant steadiness in, in, in their approach to playing it. And I, I, I think that, you know, when you're playing a game, you got to be comfortable playing in low-scoring games, tight games. That's what the Edmonton Oilers have shown me. And just quickly back to your depth, I've always been concerned about the Edmonton Oilers' depth in the forward group. But, you know, Evander Kane hasn't produced at the same level offensively. But they, they, they do look like a, a deeper team up front. And, and certainly uh, that's encouraging for Oilers fans. Well, the one thing for the orders, Craig, I think it's obvious when like everybody's key, hey, upgrade Cody Cece. I'm like, yeah, OK, who? Right, like it's easy to say it. It's much harder to do it. Um, I think it gives you good value. He's a pretty good player, but I, they don't play their fourth line very often. And I think they would like to add some dimensions to their fourth line. Number one, and you know Corey Perry could be that guy, Craig. I think he's going to be highly sought after because he's going to cost you nothing to get, and it's going to be a low AAV. And he was playing well in Chicago. You know what? If he's got his life on track off of the ice. That, uh, you know, this guy could be a, a pretty big addition. Did you, would you have had any hesitation bringing Corey Perry into your organization down the stretch? Zero. Zero. And if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, uh, you know, he, his winning pedigree, his attitude, you know, as you're trying to win, you, you got to keep in mind that Corey Perry walking into the room isn't the Corey Perry, MVP Corey Perry, but he still has a voice and he still has an on-ice persona and an on-ice determination. And so when things and, – and, and where those players, I think, really become valuable – to a team, and I'm going to use the Edmonton Oilers, it's like, hey, just stay with it. Don't worry. Or, you know what? we got to be better here. And and who's not going to listen to Corey Perry? 
I, I, I said this previously, and I, I've said it often. You know, we had some great players when I was in Dallas and everything, but Mike Keene and Brian Scrudlin were as instrumental in driving that team because they had won, and they knew what it took to win, and they weren't afraid to tell everybody it ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. you got to be better than that. And I think that, 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 you know, we can look at, okay, how much will he score? Do they need him on the power play? Corey Perry will add massive value just with his presence on and off the ice. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Uh, Craig, always good to catch up with you, man. Stay warm, and uh, we will chat with you next Friday. Yeah, we will. Thanks uh, for having me. Craig Button from T. SN joins us every Friday here on The Gregor Show with uh, Wanya Gretz. We'll come back. We've got uh, five questions, spec, uh, low tide, Wanya's world, and uh, much more. Busy final hour and 15 here on The Gregor Show. 4.50 on a chilly Friday. Spec, hey, we talked about this earlier. He was so excited that he was going to get out of Chicago, no problem. Well, <laughs> the travel bug bit him. Spec is uh, being delayed. He is uh, hoping uh, he might still on the tarmac or might it might have taken off, but uh, he might not be joining us at five. So we'll bump uh, LT up a little bit earlier. So we'll see. Maybe Spec is hoping that uh, he'll get into uh, Montreal. But uh, who thought that getting out of Detroit, Detroit would be harder than getting out of Chicago? Usually it's never that way. But so uh, anybody who's ever flown knows that uh, you never take it for granted when your flight's on time. We always like to think, ah, oh, come on, your flight to be on time. Well, not really. So, you know what, if it's a slight today of an hour or two, knowing spec, I'll just be sitting in the uh, lobby bar. Well, hey, no big deal. I'm not driving. I'm flying. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, could be wor- could be worse, right? It could be worse. Let's get to five questions now brought to you by The Brick. Uh, buy more, save more, up to uh, 25% off bedroom and uh, dining room furniture. And also you can save up to uh, 25% off of uh, fireplaces, wall units, <laughs> You're thinking to yourself right now, oh my goodness, this would be the perfect time for a fireplace. Go to the brick and the brick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one today. Will the Oilers win their 10th straight tomorrow against the Canadians? And if so, what's the score going to be? I think they are going to win 10th franchise record and i don't think it's uh too optimistic to say they're going to win 10 nothing in honor of the streak connor mm-hmm. uh i do th- see the orders winning the uh canadians aren't that good of a team they give up a lot i think edmonton really wants this i think they want to keep going their team's really committed right now i'm gonna say uh, edmonton wins six to two all right i like it a question number two of course the Oilers in montreal tomorrow the mecca of hockey if you have a, a bucket list rink you'd like to go to right now, what would it be? Vegas. I uh, don't know if this is the right answer to the question, Connor, but I would like to see the Calgary Saddle Dome condemned and exploded like an old Vegas casino. Is that a bucket list thing? I suppose if you're going to go well, to the it's new, inevitable, <laughs> then you're going to go to the new rink. No new rink. Just the flames disband and move. Or don't exist anymore, period. That's my bucket list. I would like to see that in my life. You'd want your biggest rival to move away? Then, yes. Then, well, then that kind and of scattered takes, away, the wind. takes away your biggest rival. Good. Don't you prefer beating them? No, we win then. It's but over. you won't win because you won't, uh, you won't have anybody to play. The final battle of Alberta. Oh. The team disbanded. <laughs> Question number three. Uh, looks like the Montreal Canadiens will honor an agreement and move Sean Monaghan. So my question for you guys is, would you have any interest in the Oilers bringing him in? And then 
gauge that interest against uh, Corey Perry, who would you want more? I think you'd have to give up something for Monaghan, and Corey Perry is free. So on that basis, we don't have a lot of draft picks kicking around. I'd take a look at the free guy before I take a look at something you had to pay for. Well, that's very, very true. Right, cost you nothing other than AAV to get Perry. You're going to have to give up some assets to get Monaghan, and Monaghan has a 1.9 cap hit. Like it's a very favorable cap hit, considering you know he's playing quite well. He's already got 11 goals. Right, like he's he's been very good in Montreal. Like Sean Monaghan was a cons. Did you know that up? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Until I think it was two years ago, same draft. He had more goals than Nathan McKinnon. For the, oh, Sean Monaghan was like a legit 30-goal guy, mark it down every year. And they got banged up. But uh, he's come back and he's played quite well. Right? Like he's on pace to score 23, 24 goals, 25 this season for them. Um, I would have interest. Like the great part is the order could go out and get Perry, cost him nothing. So you'd still have assets to go out and get Monaghan. Um, if they got both of them, I think that'd be a pretty good, uh, a pretty good trade deadline for the orders. All right. Question number four Which NFL playoff game are you most interested in this weekend? It's a good question. Well, I'm intrigued to see KC in Miami. Right, like, how many CFL games have been played or, you know, uh, U-sport games have been played outside of minus 18, minus 20? Man, they're talking like this is the worst thing ever that's going to happen in KC, so it's kind of funny. But, uh, you know, like, can the Chiefs bounce back, right? Uh, how much will the weather slow down Miami? So that's going to be the number one followed closely by Detroit and L.A. I would like to see Detroit and L.A. just because if the Lions can finally get good again, Fans of any team anywhere on earth, if you just wait long enough, your team will get good again. And the Lions being as good as they are this year proves that point. So go Lions. Final question for you guys. Hypothetical Friday with the sports twist in here. If you could have any past Edmonton Oiler on this current edition of the team, who would it be? But there's a catch. And I want people to text in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. It has to be a player that was a bottom six player during their time here. So you can bring back any Oiler bottom sixer to this current team who is it i would uh this is controversial connor but i would like to bring back reed schaefer and i will take no further questions on the topic Mm. it's my boy it's terrible impact player (laughs) reed schaefer Mm -hmm. oilers legend yeah i know just because you bought his jersey after he got traded i know it's a terrible answer um so the orders bottom six it's actually a really good question hmm 
Like we had Ethan Morrow on this week. He would be, uh, you know, because I look, I de- you need a bottom six guy who kills penalties. That's what you need. And he was very good. Mike Greer, Todd Marchant. Oof. I still think McLeod's going to be your third line center. So I'm going to go with a winger. And I want to go with the winger with size. I'm going to go Mike Greer. Ooh. Yeah. Be Greer or Morrow as far as bottom six guys that they need. I was blown away at that clip you had of Morrow, which was a really good interview, when he says that he still thinks about Game 7 every day of his life. When you were on your Christmas break and Connor and I had the run of the roost, what do we start talking about? Immediately 2006 Cup <laughs> yeah. run, right? Yeah. Within like seconds of sitting down, we're talking about the oil. And to hear Ethan Morrow talk like it's still in his heart too, that was a real crazy moment, I thought. Well, I think it illustrates, like he said, he goes, you know, when you think you're the better team and you truly believe you're going to win, it's hard to, you know, to not think about it all the time. Right. So I, I get it. You, you know, it's always easy to oh, just let it go. Right. Easier said than done. But and because, you know what, it, when you watch games, and I'm sure every year in the playoffs, that's what's like certain things like when it's an X, you can let go of an X. Right. Oh, yeah. Whatever that, you know, she, he broke my heart, whatever. But you don't have to see them. Right. Like you can block them on social media. You don't, there's not going to be tons of reminders. You're a Stanley Cup every year. Somebody's celebrating the Stanley Cup and somebody's losing it every year. Right, so it, it, I guess now maybe you just choose not to watch hockey. But it, mo- most NHL players are fans, so you know at some point before they became NHLers, be after they're NHLers, most of them are fans. So yeah, I could see that would be be a difficult one for sure. So um, uh, Morrow was uh, he was very honest uh, during the interview, which is always appreciated. Right, uh, some of the some of the listeners didn't love his answer. He thought the orders need to be better. He's like, I think they got to be better. And I'm like, well, they haven't won yet. Well, how can you get upset about that when he says, hey, I think they need to be better? He's the captain. He holds them to a high standard even now. Ethan Morrow is a warrior. You can still tell, hey, like it resonates in him. Yeah. Hey, guys, Rafi Torres would be my choice from uh, KW. Oof. Yeah, well, like Rafi Torres 2006 was an absolute punisher. A menace of And he could skate and he could hit and he could score. That's actually a really good answer. Now, the thing was, Torres at times was a top six guy, though, right? He had 27 goals. He had a few 20-goal seasons. So, But he was kind of on the cusp because the orders, you know, they had the Horkoff line, but then their second and third lines were kind of interchangeable. But, yeah, Rafi Torres is a good one. Now, as long as Rafi Torres is not taking headshots and getting kicked out of games, well, then, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good one for sure. Now, he's not bottom six, but you know who would look amazing in an Oilers uniform in 2024 is Ryan Smith. Well, yeah, but they don't. Uh, but they, got, they kind of have the Ryan Smith version of Zach Hyman. Yeah. Like, he doesn't. Uh, well, think about it. Look at look at the goals. Zach Hyman's going to score more goals than Ryan Smith. True, right? And like the dogged work ethic, right? Just up and down the wing. Now Hyman shoots right, Smith shoots left. But I see similarities in their games. I, I you know Hyman's maybe not well. He's not as good of a deflector of the puck, but he's better hands outside the crease than Ryan Smith. They're both also happy beyond reason. I can see a case for this, Gregor. Do you remember how Smitty was always smiling no matter what was going on, and now Zach Hyman's always smiling too. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, similar style players for sure, right? And you know, you look at and Smith, and I should say that you know he scored thirty-one goals in the uh, in like the real dead puck era, right? Like the offense was, oh my god, you it was a slog to try to get some offense. So um, having both of them would be ideal. There's no question, right? You had a one guy in one line on your left wing, the other guy on the other line on your right wing, that would be ideal. Now imagine Zach Hyman with Smitty's hair. Yeah, you should ask him. Maybe could he ever grow it out? 
Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Zach Hyman, uh, right now, most backhanded goals in the league and tied for the most deflected goals <sighs> in the league. And Evan Bouchard has the most slap shot goals. The fact that he has the nerve to stand beside the net like he does, facing the point as they're wiring shots, and that's like his signature move, incredible. Hey, boys, Bassani Cup running goals would be ideal bottom six. <laughs> well, there's a guy who can kill penalties and you need a score. That's bang on. Yeah. Bang if, on. If you can relive that year, a hundred. Of course. Right? Of course. No question. Fernando Pisani, and this is great that we're just talking 06. It's good times. That playoff run, Gregor, can you think of many players who come out of their own bodies and just have an otherworldly oh. performance well, for that long of a time? Well, there was John Drews and Chris Contos. Those, like, that's why there's certain guys that you just never forget because they had this, I'm not going to say out of body because he had to, he had to do all the shots and everything, but it was definitely out of his offensive character when you look at his whole career, right? He got hot at the right time, and man, like the goals he scored, like it's amazing what confidence does. That shorthanded goal yes, in Game just... Five <laughs> was one of the greatest goal scorers' goals in the playoffs. Right? It's shorthanded. It's it. Your, your team has to win, and you come in and perfect shot, top shelf. Like if we had Fernando on the show right now, without question, that's the greatest goal of his career. I don't. Even, I don't even think it's like, and he scored a lot of goals that year. Specifically that playoffs. But just as a pure shooter, like, and if you look at goals in Oilers history, like shooter goals, like there's been big goals that have been scored, of course, right? You think Gretzky in 1988, down the wing, clapper over Vernon's shoulder, like great, like there's been big goals. Like Todd Marchand was a breakaway. It wasn't like a great shooter goal. You know, it was a breakaway goal, but, you know, he just came in and, and a nice, nice shot. But it was a huge goal. But if you look at Pisani's shot, you'd say a better shot. Right? You think that was a 70-goal scorer every year coming oh, flying in. Yeah. And, uh, like, honestly, like, which playoff goals from a, just a shooting perspective? Like, obviously, Kevin McClellan's goal is one of the hu- biggest goals ever in franchise history. One nothing in, in a one nothing game, game one in the Stanley Cup. Right? Peter Kleeman triple overtime is a massive goal. It wasn't a great job, but massive. I'm not talking massive goals. I'm just talking pure shooting goals that's a key time of a game. But Santa, that goal has to be top three, doesn't it? For I, Oilers playoff history? I want to change my answer, Connor, to the question you asked eight minutes ago. Reed, I love you, but I want Fernando Pisani on oh, my team in this question. Number five has course. changed. Yeah, there you go. You're waking up. It's good. <laughs> Hey guys, Hyman with this mini mullet of Spicoli. <laughs> Spicoli is still one of the greatest single movie characters of all time. Sean Penn is out. Like, if, when you consider all the roles that Sean Penn had in his career, like that guy was, he had some unbelievable roles as an actor. But Spicoli is so. Memorable for a lot of good reasons. Oh God, that's a great reference. Like, I see it. I'm looking yes. it up. I yeah. see it. That's totally good. <laughs> I. That's a very, very good reference, man. We found Zach Hyman's dad on Twitter last night on Oilers Twitter, <laughs> and when he scores, a lot of times OilersNation.com on Twitter, I will tweet at the Leafs and thank them for Zach Hyman, and we all have a good laugh. Now we're going to thank Zach's dad every time he scores. And oh, yeah. I bet you 30 people last night thanked Zach Hyman's dad on Twitter 
for his son scoring. And I think that's hilarious because he's active on Twitter. He was retweeting everybody wanting Zach to vote for the All-Star game. Ah, Good for him, right? It doesn't matter how old your kid is. You're always supporting him. That's an easy way to do it, right? Uh, it's, it's good. Hey, guys, uh, 2017 Cassian. I'll take him in the postseason. That Cassian was a killer. Right? When you think of memorable goals, his goal celebration with the fan right after he scored. Right? Or if, like Those are moments that just make sports fun, yep. I think, for people. like If you're that fan, you'll never forget that interaction ever in your life. Ever. No. I think I saw he was interviewed and I can't remember his name, but I think they did a story on him. He's just like, are you kidding me? Like, he's just staring right at my face and we're just like screaming at each other. It's so funny. Uh, quick break. LT will join us next on the Gregor Show in Sports 1440 after a Connor Halley. Sports update brought to you by our good friends at uh, Booster Juice. Uh, stop in right now at uh, Booster Juice because uh, you can get the uh, nutritious and delicious uh Smoothies or uh, drinks or food that will help uh, get you through the day. And if you don't want to just uh, download the uh, Booster Rewards app and start saving today. Here's Connor Alley. Sports 1440 update. 